Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorder with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric particles are your own. You did not help. I did not. Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast every week with Calendar Year. We're bringing you an episode of TNG and the behind-the-scenes stories of that episode and all of the onset magic told from the tongues of the babes that were there to watch it all unfold. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my partner Brandon Hobbs, ex-head of Resources Management at Paramount. Brandon, how you doing today? Ugh, tired, Mitch. Ah. But... But I'm excited to um, discuss things that aren't Trek. Yes. And then to discuss things that are Trek in that order. One day we'll revolutionize the uh, the formula and switch up the order. Perhaps we'll uh, put a break in the middle. Go like mm-hmm. non-Trek, Trek, non-Trek. Or, uh, <laughs> or the opposite. What we should do, we need a segment where we take... Um, like contemporary, like current events, uh-huh. and um, create an allegorical Star Trek episode out of them. Ah, uh, now most of the time where we've created Star Trek episodes, it's been um, for the purpose of making an absurd situation that is mildly humorous. Now, <laughs> now if we can turn our attention to allegory and parable, then you know we're we'll really be in business. Hmm. Hmm. For example, um, Texas Governor Abbott uh, has sent over six thousand immigrants to D.C. as as like a present. Uh, <laughs> it's quite the gift, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of like a um, a dystopian novel of sorts, where these governors are just trading uh, immigrants. Perhaps as a labor uh, force, perhaps as a uh, as a cultural exchange. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I like I like the labor force idea. That's yeah, funny. It's kind of like an episode of Star Trek. Imagine the Enterprise is shuttling all those Irish people, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, oh, you we were sent we're you were sent by the Federation to the Ferengi to be their space potato farmers, you know. And uh, sure. <laughs> so. Um, do the do the immigrants have to walk to DC? I guess they're not Chinese. Yes, yes, they're they're calling it the Trail of Tears too. <laughs> Tear harder. <laughs> now I know everyone on the planet is a collective sucker for alliteration. Trail of Tears too. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know what? I'm gonna take a stance here. I've been mildly annoyed, speaking of the Trail of Tears, of course, that um, Andrew Jackson has gotten such a bad rap. Yeah, you know what? I really have to agree with you. Now, obviously, he did a lot of just terrible, terrible things. But at the same time, he I think that the the story equity, the amusing story equity <laughs> yeah. he has is the highest among perhaps all of the presidents. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was a badass. That's the thing. Right. And he was an ornery asshole badass. Like, um, right. He was the one that his assassin, would be assassin, 
came up, had his gun misfire, and then Andrew Jackson beat him down with his fucking cane. <laughs> you don't see that anymore. No, you don't. You don't. Um, and you don't see uh, the mass murder of um, Native Americans anymore, either. Well, that's something you can really only do once. <laughs> Tell that to the Jews. <laughs> Now, now, we don't need to make the Jews an enemy again. <laughs> we just got back in their good graces. Right. Um, it's, uh, I've got my, my Hyamaka on. Mm -hmm. which is I've, I've, been eating, uh, I've been eating potato pancakes for the past three weeks. Look, I, if anything enters my kitchen, you know it's going to be unleavened. <laughs> I had an unleavened taco the other day. Oh, it's quite nice. So yeah, I mean, we we make nice on the ready room. We make uh, mm -hmm. we make friends. We don't we do not we, make enemies. We 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 got to watch out for uh for for things that are haram though. Yes, yes, like that gorilla, and 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 things that are boko haram, which is even worse. I've um, you know, I I. Donated my tithe, my my requisite tithe to ISIS. Um, I think that we'll be okay. Uh. Mm. Do you, are you a big ISIS stan? I wouldn't say stan. They have a nice theme song. Yeah, I um I caught caught it live one time. I was really chasing that one. <laughs> <laughs> have you um Are you familiar with the? The the light pen choreography for the ISIS theme song. <laughs> you have to do um, big arcs going forward with your with your hands. Like they start low, uh -huh. move up in an oval shape, back down. Um, right. Yeah. Of course, in time with the music, but at at some point you're like you're you're miming a beheading. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's really it's really unique from other light pen routines that I've seen in that you coordinate with the stranger next to you and everyone beheads the guy to their left. I see. I yeah. see. And then, and then Miku comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the celebration continues from there. Obviously the, the biggest Miku stands are ISIS themselves. And, uh, you know, they, they updated her module to, to have, ISIS appropriate garb, just uh, <laughs> Miku wearing one of those hijabs. I wouldn't be surprised to, to to start seeing anime girls on the side of like ISIS tanks. Yeah, I mean, part of the changing cultural landscape is that um, more terrible and niche things are going to infiltrate more places. Uh, there, there are those pictures like 10 years ago of the people painting their rifles with my little ponies and um yeah that's right this is of the same ilk the same milk same ilk uh. Who, who's your favorite vocaloid i wouldn't say i have a favorite all right which one do you love the most just ask me the same question all right all right which one do you fantasize about oh all of them okay Especially Kaito. Although, I don't know what that is, but... Um... That's the only one. No, there's a, there's another one that's a man, but that's the, the first one that's a man. Is it, is it the blue-haired guy? Mm. 
he with oh my god oh, let me go on about this the design of that character has a jacket that zips from the top so it's it's zippered at the top and then it is like opens. a cholo it is like a cholo yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow that's um not a comparison i expected but it is completely accurate <laughs> And then, so I've lived my life thinking how stupid this is. And then, imagine my surprise when I buy a coat and find that it's able to be zipped in that way. Wow. Yeah. Some coats have a dual zipper, which is just exactly what it sounds like. But because of that, you can adjust where it begins and ends zipping. Mm -hmm. So you That can... sounds handy. Um, no, it's the opposite of that. It's very inconvenient. <laughs> If you ever want to zip it just normally, you have to go through two zippers, have to thread that needle twice. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever struggled to zip something, well, now you got twice the challenge. Yeah, it gets stuck twice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's doubly dangerous for your member. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, you ever had that problem before? No, no, no. You know my cock's too small for that. <laughs> I, I went through a phase for, for a while where I, I didn't wear underwear. and um, To what end, exactly? I, just, I was just too lazy. Okay, this, was, and... this wasn't like a sexual thrill kind of thing? <laughs> no. So this wasn't your, your, your no-pawn adventures? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, got, I got it stuck in the zipper. Uh, and it hurt really bad. I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that. Anyway, my problem with this Kaito fella uh -huh. is... That he's not real? Um, well, <laughs> no, he, he, can stay, he can stay not real. Um, I, I also had a phase of uh, buying uh, Vocaloid calendars every year. Okay. Um, and obviously... Obviously, when you have uh, anime calendars on the wall, you want them to be cute girls. And, and uh, you accidentally bought the Kaito one? No, 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 no. It was like all of them. You know what I mean? It was like uh, all the Vocaloids and shit. But like, you get to like February, and there, there he is. There's fucking Kaito. <laughs> uh, so you have a whole month of looking at him. Very nice. What about um, what's his name? Then, the, the it's like yeah, a... yeah. He was there too, but usually he's paired up with the other one so i investigated this because I, I was thinking like okay the, these two are they twins are they lovers are clones. they are they clones um or do they attack anything and the lore is intentionally vague on this <laughs> which is <laughs> so autistic the idea is like okay you want to you want to write a song with them where they um express love for one another you can do that you want to write a song where they express um sibling love you can do that <laughs> just uh, it, just terrible the crazy thing is the crazy thing is um japanese people wouldn't have a problem with them expressing romantic love for each other even as siblings that's right uh japan is the incest capital of the world as we all know it is Nice. I mean, of the civilized countries. Japan civilized? And vaguely. Okay, okay. Fair enough. They got a lot going for them now. 
I don't know. I, I don't see what's wrong with, with fucking your cousin. Okay, well, obviously, there's degrees here, right? Your cousin, your second cousin, your third cousin, your fourth cousin, your fifth cousin, or your, your, your third sister. third cousin twice removed. See, that doesn't mean anything. No, That's, that's a collective um, illusion. Nope. That that society has sold people uh-huh. that there's uh-huh. such a thing as a removed cousin. <laughs> I, I still I still don't even know what it means. So you want to know why? How you know this is farcical? Go study any foreign language, which I know you're reluctant to do, but mm. go and try to translate something like a third cousin twice removed. The 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 vernacular doesn't exist. It just doesn't. And I know all of sure. the world's languages, so I'm very confident in this. But <laughs> um, it is just, it is a, again, it's a farce that's been sold, packaged, signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh-huh. To what end, I'm not sure, but the ruse is um, continuing quite strongly. Should, should, should we look it up? You can. It's, it'll be one of our uh, investigation... Uh, Periods of the Ready Room. Oh, I guess it's... Oh, so it's in reference to, like, uh, Generation. Like the Star Trek movie? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm into that. So, okay, so... So, a cousin who was once removed is a generation above or below you. Oh, I, I can see why making that distinction is important sometimes. I'm not really... I, I I can't... So, if I'm trying to map this out of my... Let's say a cousin twice removed. That's two generations away. So that would have to be... Like my... My grandfather's brother's kid? Something like that, yeah. See, that's... There's nothing gained from that level of granularity. Now... Don't click at me. You're, <laughs> you're chittering. <laughs> Trying to draw you closer like a small animal. <laughs> See, I thought that your mandibles and your jowls were uh, were all working in, in perfect synchronicity. But so, uh, I guess I guess you get the same the same thing though with second cousin, right? One would think so. That's that's that means you you have the same great grandparent, right? Regardless of how great they actually are. Mm-hmm. So again, I think this is just a fucking um, bullshit ruse. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute! I'm in G show. Okay. I'm in G show, and I'm seeing first cousin once removed, Itoko Han. Hmm. What what's the kanji <laughs> for Han here? Uh, like the Han Chinese. Okay, not like half. No, it's it's like it's like half. Oh, it is half. Um, yeah. So half of them is your cousin. Yeah. The the other half is um a blood traitor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, like in reference to like your cousin's kid. Is that who the is same your thing, cousin? But... Yeah, I would imagine. All right now here's um, 
here's another test. If I go and use this vocabulary, will anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> but you can Google it, and there there are there are uh, sources talking about it. Uh, people asking what it means and stuff like that. So it's it's known at least. It's not made up. Hmm. I don't know. I I still think that uh, this is a scheme of someone's. This this is this is the part. If if we did a video podcast, this is the part where. The editor would would freeze the frame, zoom in on your face, and put like a big, like wrong, big red owned owned <laughs> on your face. Yeah. What's what's the audio equivalent <laughs> of that? How can we do that? Should I, I just, should I be... should I edit in the uh, the Kill Bill siren? It, uh, yeah, that's good. Or 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 we could just uh, record you saying, "No, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. No," and then you like kind of fade into the background. Uh, how about we'll just use the the sound bite you just gave us right now. Okay, yeah, sure. And I will either pitch shift it up or down to sound more <laughs> like me. I'm not exactly sure which. Uh, pitch it up so it sounds like uh, that new ground squirrel. Oh, foamy. Foamy. You know foamy's still going? That's amazing. Um, and and you'll be tickled by where it's gone. Um, all he does now is talk about cancel culture. <laughs> So, but it's it's still the um, the squirrel character. It's still the squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he 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 talks about like 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 the average like Twitterer would would consider foamy alt right now. To be fair, if you tell me, oh yeah, this Newgrounds animator is still around and he's alt right, that's like the prime suspect to <laughs> to, to become an alt right shut. <laughs> <laughs> You... I'm trying to find his most recent. Uh... Does he still draw Foamy alongside that? Um, there's like a goth chick character, right? Yeah, there's a hot chick. Um, I haven't seen her because I, 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 I have not done a deep dive. Okay. Um, in, into new Foamy, but. <laughs> and you umlaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's when normies ruined the internet. Foamy the squirrel. It's a, it's a six minute rant. That is the um, opinion I would expect a again a new grounds guy to have, which is probably right. I mean, we've talked yeah. about that, I think. But at the same time, to use the same um mouthpiece, I guess, that you did when you were twelve, fifteen years younger. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's funny. Hypocritical media, Foamy the Squirrel. Like Foamy does not have the cultural cachet to be worth keeping around. Yeah, yeah, no, not really. Um, it is nostalgic, though. I never really got into those videos when they were contemporary, so I don't have nostalgia uh, for it. Um, I think he had, like, Hot Topic presence, too, didn't he? Certainly the same crowd. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a deal struck. The only Newgrounds thing I ever really... Um, of the big ones, I should say, that I ever really followed... Was the uh, the madness guy? I don't know what that is. That was um, they weren't stick figures, but they were a bunch of gray, simplistically drawn characters that would just you know shoot each other and have uh, theatrically complex gunfights. Oh, okay. I, I might know what you're talking about then. Their faces were like just um, a blank gray oval with a. Uh, uh, like a T drawn on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just that, but nothing. I didn't really get into any of the 
strawberry clock, uh, foamy nonsense. 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 It's nonsensical. What is this salad fingers shit? You don't know salad fingers? No, I know it's. Uh, I was. I was. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. I was doing you. Right, as, what as what I is this salad do. fingers shit? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get into the salad fingers either. Um, Newgrounds was. I. It's something I have ostensible uh, affinity for, nostalgia for, but I can't for the life of me remember anything about it that wasn't terrible oh yeah no i mean you had a you had a handful of sonic porn games those were nice okay i had those you had those oh i see okay i had those uh i had kramer's hentai adventure yeah all like 62 of them (laughs) giddy up you know what i've been really into recently no, let me amend uh, that. You know what I've been <laughs> tepidly into recently? What's up? Um, clips of the show Shark Tank on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> it's just something that you know the algorithm deemed I would enjoy, so I've been following it and watching those. And you listened. And I listened. Based based algorithm. Um, and it's terrible. It's such an awful awful show it's bad um you can just see it's like watching kitchen nightmares where you can just see all the ways it's made to appeal to the the biggest idiots on the planet yeah you you can tell exactly how they cut it right and and why they cut it that way and yeah. you're it's only hurt further by when you um go in the comments of the mm. videos, which you know exactly what I'm about to talk about, but yeah. um, the number one comment type of comment I see is people critiquing the um, the temperament and behavior of the titular sharks. Sure, like oh man, this guy was such a meanie. He didn't didn't respect the people pitching the product, and oh, I love this guy. He always. He always listens right, to them, right? And you know, just a comp- they're holding the the people to a code of conduct that is completely incompatible with what it takes to be successful in in really any industry, but especially business. And not uh, only that, but it's incompatible with again the way the show is cut. Yes, yes, that too. And there's just so little thought put into it from these people. It's just. It really is just wow. This guy's such a meanie, and wow, I I want to be this guy's friend. He's so right. so cool, and um, it's like all right, you know, guys, where? How did you make your first million? And... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like, um, it, it, it's it's saying nothing. It's saying nothing to to anyone. And and the fact that they thought this is this was worth posting, yes. on a YouTube video with like I assume like ten million views, is yeah. baffling to me. I'm not gonna say that the Shark Tank clips have a um, a deep pool with which to engage on an intellectual level. <laughs> so of course the comments are gonna be vapid. But yes, even with that context, they find a way to be 
especially meaningless. Yeah. And it's embarrassing, and it's like, oh, I'm watching the same video as these people, and I'm about sure, to click sure. on another one. To be fair, to be fair, uh, I have watched quite a bit of Shark Tank in my time. Who's your favorite shark? Uh, the it was what's I don't know I don't know what their names are, but that uh, that crotchety old guy who's always angry. Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. The, the bald yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. I got his rookie card. <laughs> I um so I will say one thing about the comments. There is a very funny trend that has emerged in them, honestly humorous, um, where apparently, and I hadn't noticed this, one of the sharks almost never makes a deal. Um, it's the uh the old woman that's that's in real estate. Yes, yes. And every single video has a comment of um a, someone making a joke about why she didn't uh make a certain deal so for example um somebody had a product that was let's say it's oh you know, it helps your kids uh get organized and uh do better in school and did not think you're gonna say organized <laughs> well that's that's you but um, <laughs> the the comment would be something like uh, a quote from from this from the shark. It's like, oh well, I've always enjoyed seeing kids fail out of schools, and for that reason, I'm out. And uh, <laughs> this always tickles me every time. I don't know why. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's uh, that's an example I just made off top of my head so it's not yeah the, sure it's sure, not, sure it's not the epitome of clever but i could just i could just i could see that structure uh going full reddit very quickly you know what and it does but maybe it's um a guilty pleasure but it, it it has made me laugh it's quaint no no i can't pretend to be above it i uh i'm just on board with this unfortunately i'm staring down a thumbnail for a video called South Park's Forgotten First Person Shooter. Um, uh, let me guess the runtime. I'm gonna guess okay. 13 and a half minutes. You're pretty close. It's 20. Okay. 2020, actually. Oh, um, like my vision. Mm-hmm. And like, like two years ago. Right. Unless you're listening uh, to this in one year, and then it'll be three years ago. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, my, my point was, um, who's forgotten it? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think anybody who had this knowledge has ever let <laughs> it escape them. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that, South, that shitty South Park game where you throw snowballs at turkeys? Yeah, I mean, I oh, used yeah. to know it, but I forgot. I, it. I forgot all about that. <laughs> I really am curious what they had to say for twenty minutes and uh, twenty seconds about that. Well, lucky for you, I've watched several videos on this one video game, South Park, uh, by by chance, and um, it'll probably go over the development of the game. Um, where it was not at all supposed to be like a first-person shooter, and it was supposed to be like I guess a lot better than it actually is. Well, I guess that's interesting. Dev stories are usually pretty interesting. Yeah. 
but there's like 12 of these videos on the internet already so i guess uh it's not as forgotten as as he thinks <laughs> he, he really should have had a more accurate title um that south park n64 game that everybody remembers right that'd be more appealing that uh that south park n64 game that you played with your your cousin's coked out boyfriend one night oh jeez that um south park n64 game that your cousin owned and only played in his room that had red light bulbs <laughs> which is also my first experience with donkey kong country oh really yes now granted i was of course you know 65 at the time but <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this was your this was your uh, your your cousin three times removed right <laughs> Uh, my uh, my grandkids' cousin. Uh mm. If I'm understanding the the verbiage correctly. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if we are, but. Which is a trend on the radio room to not understand things correctly yet talk about them. <laughs> yeah, sure. But um, one day I'm gonna leave this partnership, and I'm gonna do it like a Shark Tank guy. And say something uh, not very insightful and a little quippy, and then be like, "And for that reason, I'm out." Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I don't know how or why they settled on that being the the, the catchphrase because they very clearly orchestrated it to have a catchphrase. Um, sure. It's it's kind of this is what underscores the entire show and its artificiality. Um. And you know, whenever someone makes a deal, there's always a, a comment on YouTube like, oh, well, actually, they never were able to reach a deal and that fell through and the product didn't see the light of day or whatever. And um really makes you question your time. Like, why am I even watching this? Uh-huh. Which is a lot of uh -huh. reality TV and why people who watch it are um, retards like myself. Sure, I mean, uh, geez, I've watched way too much reality TV. Uh, America's Next Top Model. Um, America's that, Next that, Top Model. That, that, that one where they they all work at like a, a fancy bar or something. I what? forget what it's called. What is this? There's some there's some reality show where it's like these these hot people who all work at like this fancy bar. And is it? Is it like a competition, or is it just follow their no? Their it's lives? just it's just like yeah, it's just it's just, like it's it's their fake lives, yeah. Okay, I think it might be the the one where that uh, that that lady screaming at the dog meme comes from. Oh Jesus! I yeah. I think it's a cat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that weird looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> that strange dog that has nine lives for some reason. <laughs> Have you ever watched the one where they um it's a bunch of tattoo artists trying to be the top tattoo artist? I remember that being on, but I never watched it. It I... looked like too trashy. Oh, it was. I watched an embarrassingly large amount of it. Maybe like three seasons. I think it was on oh, Netflix how... or something. How about those uh those uh towing shows <laughs> set in like Florida? I haven't seen that one. Oh man. Is it oh, just like man. a big line that they tell? <laughs> 
<laughs> under under the table. Yes. Um, no, it's it's about like a tow truck company. Okay. Um, and all all the wacky hijinks they get into. You ever see that one where uh, that one guy goes to a bunch of hotels, but it's it's all hellish. Well, yeah, and uh, if if you if you think something something, you should see the clientele. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsay has a new show where um, maybe it's like three years old. I don't know. It's new to me. Where there's like a kitchen on top of a kitchen on top of a kitchen, and people cook inside of this three-layered structure mm. to, to some end. I, I think the kitchens have different pros and cons to them, but um, it is a show that exists. That, Sounds stupid. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a cooking it's a cooking competition show. Of course it's stupid. Like, the only one that worked was um, MasterChef, because at least in that, people were ostensibly good at being chefs. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen, terrible. Yeah, I can't stand Hell's Kitchen. It's like they, they sourced everyone from New Jersey, just a bunch of aggressive, ugly, fat <sighs> people. <laughs> All uh, conspicuously Italian. Yeah. It was like, all right, chef, today I made for you my mama's gabagool. <laughs> uh, like, oh, you call that a gabagool? And he's like, well, you can't say that about my mama's gabagool. Then <laughs> <laughs> they start yelling at each other. I made for you the perfect <laughs> mo- mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. Gets my blood boiling quicker than uh, an Italian American refusing to pronounce the the vowels at the end of Italian words. Oh, the way the way Italian Americans pronounce cheese is is an affront to to the human ear. Like whenever they say the word, it's just it's not cheese; it's chi. <laughs> Which really makes it like, confusing when they're the, talking the fuck about are we their mahjong? when they're talking about their spiritual energy. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back with our question of the week unless you have anything else that you wanted to go over uh no i guess not particularly it's a shame we've um you were only able to run from star trek for a relatively small amount of time this week maybe we're dying yeah maybe i i don't know it's nothing's really happened this week has it no, I remember I mean, closing my eyes at the end of the last recording session, and then I woke up here, ready to go again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we did get into our pods. Yeah, cryostasis is, uh, it feels instantaneous All right. to the to the individual. Now, I I have to make sure that if something happens and you are woken up, but I am not, that you will absolutely not wake me up. I'll kill you in your sleep. Please. Like, in the case of um, societal collapse, just let me go. And I'm, you- I'm going to have to wake you up so there's someone I can have sex with. You, that has never stopped you before. 
whether or not I was awake. <laughs> In fact, that's why we, uh, we built the back of the pods that way. Right, right. <laughs> little trapdoor. Right. It's um like a flap on pajamas. Right. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I, I had a dream where I was stuck in Saudi Arabia. Okay. It was stuck by what means? Were you um marooned there? Were you kidnapped? Uh, were you just yeah? Really I don't really remember. It? it was really it was kind of scary though. So was it a dream or a nightmare? I guess it would be a nightmare. Like a horse that only comes out at night. Exactly. Hmm. Then all black and horse is ostensibly of the, of, female of the night rider. Hmm. Now all black women of the night. That's uh that's something else. <laughs> but you know, I think you could get a horse involved for the for the right price. Or just a few sugar cubes. Horses now, have no need for human money. <laughs> I've uh I've I've seen some pretty explicit uh horse videos recently. Okay. Um particularly female horses. Now, is this the one with the hands? Uh well there are hands involved. Okay. Now a horse is measured by by hands. Is that is that right? Right. You measure a horse's height in hands. Mm-hmm. And you definitely do not look at it in the mouth. <laughs> Only the gift horse. Oh, that's true. Um, I, which one was it? Was it Pestilence that rode a gift horse? I don't even know where you're going with this. <laughs> this is a um, Horseman of the Apocalypse, quote-unquote, oh, joke. okay, okay. I get you, I get you. <laughs> um... I'm I'm not uh I'm not that that clued into the canon of uh, the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've only lived through it once. Being and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Uh, my my other horse is a nightmare. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. There's really nothing nothing else to say, is there? I'm trying to conceive of a um gift horse and gift whores joke. Mm-hmm. But I it's beyond my capabilities, my modest capabilities. Oh, the Japan channel DCOM posted something today. Oh. Another video for the DCOM playlist. No tree yards in Japan. Is this like three feet? Really, uh, <laughs> really just like grasping for content. So what is this that, that the yards, that there's no yards like in the front of a house? That there's no trees, I suppose, in the yards. Stop the presses. Epidemic. Plastic sheds in Japan. Uh, within two weeks of each other, there's evening thunderstorm in Japan uh-huh. and rainy day in Japan. I don't think that plastic sheds. It kind of retains its structure. Oh, wow. You, you're excited about that one. <laughs> Wouldn't you be excited to to see genius before you and 
have the wherewithal to reach out and grasp it. Grasp it. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see why our uh, our good friend Kyle really loves this channel. It's just a constant stream of nothing, just brainless. Like well, with Japan oh, written in the title. You're right, right. Here's here's an apple in Japan. Here's a a watermelon in Japan. Now, uh-huh. what I would do if I was in charge of this channel, I would videotape like an apple's journey. Um, I would buy it in Europe or whatever, put it on an airplane, and bring it to Japan, and then be like Apple in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like it's anthropomorphized. Yeah, you know, it's 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 made its journey. Now Apple is in Japan. Um either that or Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. Is her name a- Apple? I believe it is. I could be wrong. I, I some some ce- maybe Nicole Kidman? Some celebrity twenty, fifteen years ago named their kid Apple and everyone was like, Oh, these celebrities with their they're fancy names for their kids. Nah. Uh-huh. It was an uproar amongst the um, the mild-mannered. You know, Clark Kent and all them. Yeah, sure. So we're going to take a break. We've uh, managed to elude Star <laughs> Trek for only for so long. And um, <laughs> we'll come back and uh, talk about Star Trek, <laughs> I suppose. We'll be Guess back. So. We'll 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 be back. And we're back. I believe I've broken protocol. I did not observe proto. You didn't follow proto. I didn't follow proto. Um usually we do the question of the week before our break. Yeah, I think we do, huh? So um we're gonna have to scrap this whole episode and start recording over again. Yeah. Uh, please forget everything I said about Shark Tank so I can uh amaze you with its novelty once more. Maybe we can replace it with some Ken Dominic talk. Yeah. <laughs> Which do you think is higher brow content? <laughs> Definitely Shark Tank. <laughs> I do think it's close though. The um the the obnoxious editing and, and artificiality of reality television compared to a man eating in his car. <laughs> Ken Dominic is like is like you're really you really are like just drooling on yourself. Uh, not even blinking watching that shit <laughs> the, 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 the text pops up on the screen when he says show the label and it says show the label and you're just like flapping your hands like, show the label <laughs> your, your, your eyelids move imperceptibly when he does the cheese pull your feet just start kicking under the table that you're sitting at <laughs> you imagine yourself running alongside Ken Dominic <laughs> Uh, out the car window (laughs) jumping from tree to tree (laughs) rolling into a big flesh ball oh my goodness ah (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Ken Domic is a, an exciting figure. It, it is It is incredible how people who watch food YouTube videos get so offended when uh, the, the food YouTuber does anything that's a, anything different from eating disgusting food on the camera. Well, you only watch a food YouTuber 
to maintain a, a supreme sense of routine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe that's it. And um, anything that shatters your routine is is a threat to to you and to your life. Yeah, right, right, sure. It's um, it's really insane in a lot of ways. So, um, we we just had this discussion. We can't keep talking about Ken Dominic, or we'll be here forever. The break, yeah, all right, let's the, go. The break in the podcast was three hours long because we kept watching him camping out at a Denny's. Just yeah, the, the same yeah. video three times. We watched it. <laughs> Oh, we had to analyze it. That's true. We, um, I'm not going to continue. I have to stop. So this week's question of the week um, comes from the, the quote-unquote real Captain Kirk, who is um, one of our many Twitter friends, mm-hmm. a mutual, a, mu- a moot, if you will. That's what they call him. Yeah. It's uh, only moots engage, which is weird because that's also a, engage is a word that was made by Trek, but I digress. Um, the real Captain Kirk, who says, Hola, Admirals. Uh, rather, Hola, Admirales. What's a guy gotta do to get some cummies around here? End transmission. Um, that is a very, very, very loaded question. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he envisions himself as, as like a kitten needing daddy's cummies, or, um, if this is a Benedict Cumberbatch reference i know that his stands call themselves cummies the cummies right um where do you think he's coming from here um well probably probably uh his lower half okay his better half yeah that is is what they call it now the second head of the hydra what's the first uh his head What's the third? That's 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 his rear. Now here's the thing: a rear. Have you ever been in a rears? Um. No. What does that mean? So in a rears means to be in debt in some sense. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Now to be in rears is what you and I will be doing later, <laughs> very shortly. Whilst when I'm uh... in the pod. It's it's funny because being in debt is almost like someone being in your rear. That's uh, true. Unwanted, kind of nestling up in your in your in your crunch hole. Yeah, yeah, all up in your backside. Now, somebody that I do not want all up in my backside, definitely the real Captain Kirk here. Mm-hmm. I have a um, we. You know, they say that a man only produces a limited amount of cummies in his lifetime, and thus has to be very judicious. About who gets them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten into plenty of plenty of Twitter arguments with with alt right grifters who ask me, uh, "How's your sperm count, bro?" Right. And I, I, whenever those charlatans come to our door, I have a printed out uh, test result, ironically of my test, to to show them. Obviously, uh, speaking to the correlation of test and sperm. Now, now I got you a special present now. here. Now, okay. Um, given our friend's uh, proposal, I've got I've deigned to give you your Christmas present early. Oh, you deign? Yeah, I deign. 
I Dane Judy Dench. And uh, <laughs> your present is a cheat, a one-time cheat pass. Oh. That's wow. right. So you wow. have the opportunity to use it on the real Captain Kirk. <laughs> uh this this sound this sounds like you're you're trying to make me be the one who gives him his cummies. Well, I I don't have a cheat pass. I'm faithful, but you have the chance. I don't want to give him any cummies. Well, you could if you wanted to, and if you don't want to, that's it, your prerogative. You can save it for somebody else, maybe actual Judy Dench. I don't know, but um, you do have the pass. <laughs> the uh, the image of sex with Judy Dench is not pleasant. I assure you the act is even worse. <laughs> Imagining her in her little Artemis Fowl costume. Call me Dame! <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, Dame. Oh, Dame. <laughs> That's when um, you, you go soft just immediately and uh, struggle to finish out the act. Uh. I speak from experience. Judy Dench, coincidentally, is a wench. <laughs> that's why I've had all these problems with her name. It rhymes with wench. Right. Um, that's why I tried to sit on her. I mistook her for a bench. <laughs> now, um, the, the real tragic thing is that, given her advanced age, mid-coitus, she can no longer uh, clench. Which makes the whole oh. procedure very, very difficult. Oh, God. So gross. Women are gross. Right? That's why That's why we sworn off them and became lifelong homosexuals. Yeah. Well, when you're immortal, you don't really have a choice. Right. When you're... It's either that or watch, watch every woman you've ever loved become old in the span of, like, five years. What's nice about being immortal is that the cells don't... Um, you know, degrade as they do in, in a mortal. So um, our bussies are perpetually tight. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they repair themselves. Self-repairing bussy. I watched a, um, a speculative fiction show about this very thing. <laughs> okay. And I speculated that um, that would be very, very good. <laughs> What's your favorite genre, subgenre of fiction? Is it speculative um, fiction? Is it new adult fiction? Oh, no, not new adult fiction. This is this is exactly what we were talking about the other the other week. Amazing, really, that um our conversations have a theme to them. Um have we have we discussed new adult fiction uh, in person? No, no, only in um, heated arguments on the internet mm. and our personal intranet. It's right, 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 right. The the one we have our entire building hook up, hooked up to. Right. So from any room uh, in in the in the building, we can uh, hit the intercom button to access the internet. All right. Ready or net, it's called. Right. Ready or net, here I come. Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're like Captain, the real Captain Kirk, and you want us to answer your sexually charged question on uh, our family-friendly show, you can email us at theReadyRoom at gmail.com or tweet at theReadyRoom. It's with capital T and 
two capital R's. All right. Enough of this horse hockey. Enough of this tomfoolery. Bull- bullshit. Um, we watched Future Imperfect today, mm-hmm. which is a Riker episode. And yeah. it's an episode I thought I would like a lot more, and I did. Yeah. Because yeah, you, definitely. You tell me, oh, it's centered on Riker. He's in a strange situation, and he makes this face. I um would sign up wholeheartedly. I'd fund it, but. I think that this episode relies too heavily on the mystery, such that any rewatch is scuttled. How, what, yeah. how do you feel about this? So, there's that interpretation of it. I think... Yes. I, I think you're right, but I, I would put it more on the shoulders of, like... Giants? What we have... Uh, outside of the mystery is just not fun or particularly interesting because the one thing I disliked about this episode particularly mm-hmm. was the sort of urgency the uh, Romulan delegation like the, the upcoming Romulan delegation gave to the plot where Riker is constantly running around back and forth here and there and uh, we never get any time for him to just sit and kind of like ruminate on things. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is bad in two ways. One, obviously for getting a sense of his experience of the proceedings um, and the the psychological potential psychological aspects of it. But also there's no time to really enjoy the, the future versions of the crew which is ostensibly a draw here. Yeah. Um, compare this to the series finale, which I know two very different budgets, but a lot of joy in that episode is seeing how the uh, the crew of the Enterprise changed and grew and developed over however many years it was. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, it's very, very, very shallow and almost unspoken. Uh, and I think the highlight of this is the change that Worf sees where he just has a scar but you don't it's so superficial you don't notice it until they referenced it by name at the very end of the episode yeah. right which is a very it's a missed opportunity um and obviously there's i guess the reason for this is no it's not really the future it's a twist but it's it's a not interesting yeah yeah i mean cuz cuz what's happening here is um there's there's just a lot of we didn't we didn't need that urgent plot point of like uh I've lost my memory but I I need to uh delegate you know de- delegate yeah right exactly delegate this this whole Romulan thing or whatever we don't need that when the show starts off with Riker waking up 16 years later and everyone's different and all that and Right, that's you already. Know, there's compelling. obviously something. Right, there's obviously something wrong because the computer doesn't work right, which never happens. I, can I um tell you my secret shame? Yeah. The first time I watched this episode, I did not even register the computer thing as significant. Um, <laughs> it's or as being part of the plot, whereas it's so uh-huh. obvious. Because why else would it be in the script if it wasn't going to show up? But. 
I just it's like, oh, I guess I guess the computer's not working today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like they never do that because like they unless it's significant to the plot, they they never really show technology not working. Right. So it was uh but yeah, it's superficial, and the whole point is to ha- of this um, pressing, not quite a ticking clock thing, but this whole uh, ambassador horse hockey is just so that there can be a compelling second fake out later on in the, right, in the right. episode. Right, which I don't know what you thought about this. Um, I think the idea of doing this this dream within a dream type thing is a nice little uh, i don't know treat but uh the way it's done doesn't it's it's not it's also not compelling i would rather just have more of the stuff on the ship right than riker and this kid running around this other set i liked it exactly the first time and uh not not again because all it has going for it is that there's another twist yeah, 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 yeah. Unto- hey, all that stuff between between Riker uh, waking up and uh, Riker figuring out the kid is the one who's doing all this. Everything, everything in between those two points is basically filler. Yes. Now there is a, f- a fun moment in there where Riker has to argue the fact that he's attracted to a fake hologram very vehemently. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Uh, it's it's funny that like he he's been thinking about this this hologram woman for three four years now, and he has to convince the Romulans like, no, I'm just I'm in love with a computer. Right, right. It's it's like it's like some dude being like, uh, no, I mean Miku's not real. If you were in love with her, she would have been real. And then Riker's like, no, I really am into Vocaloids. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it, Tomalock. Anyway. Um, so I guess we can go through this from the start. Where, uh... Yeah, sure. Riker and the crew get crapped on. Yeah, well, well, uh... That's not quite the start. That's not quite the start because it's Riker's birthday first. Oh, you're right. And he... He plays the sad trombone noise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was and I guess they, a strange yeah. choice because he plays like the the failure, you know, womp 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 womp, and then um, immediately after that he's supposed to play something else and then hit a bum note. So it's like he signaled his own failure. Yeah, it was foreshadowing. Yeah, very strange to go with. <laughs> I guess they have a cake too. Right, it's not Troy this time. <laughs> uh, and then you know, of course, we get the obligatory data. Uh, I do not understand. Right. It to me, this seems on the the lower end of difficult to understand human cultural <laughs> concepts. Yeah. Sure. It's like, oh, I, I don't understand why you guys like to have fun with each other. What's what's up with that one? Can you explain right. that to me? Uh, Data, you fucking retard. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they're... They're they're, supposed, they're on some, like, survey in the Onias sector, I think. 
And, and you think, yeah, you you, just, you think it was the Onaya sector? Oh, no, I think they're on a survey. Okay. And um, <laughs> they it's it's like very close to the neutral zone. Right. Which to me just screams Romulan. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I think of the neutral zone, I think Romulans. Romulan. And uh, Romulan. 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 They get scanned by something on uh, on one of the planets nearby, and they have to go investigate it. Uh, yeah, it's, Picard, it's like must they? Picard's got no chill. It's like I need to interrupt your birthday party so you. Of the thousands of people on the ship, you can go on an away mission. Mm-hmm. And then he like rubs salt in the wound. He's like, "And happy birthday!" Like, go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go, go investigate this strange gaseous phenomenon. And happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone else stays on ten forward eating his cake. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't even they don't even like pay any mind to him leaving. Well, Those mingling amongst themselves. Cake is so rare in the 24th century that um, that was the pretense for the party. Not not Riker's birthday, but the opportunity right. to eat cake. You can't you can't synthesize cake. Right. When um, Riker's leaving, he's like, what should we do? Something about the cake eaters? And then Picard says, no, let them eat cake. <laughs> Just terrible. So him, Jordy, and Worf, the A-team... Uh, if I ever saw one, all go down to the planet together, and then someone raps on them, and there's gas. And then Riker wakes up in the future. In the future, and we get a uh, we get a look at old Riker and old Crusher. Doctor Doctor Crusher is old because she has an old people haircut, right? And that's uh, how we know she's old. And she says, "Captain Riker." Right, and um. Everyone in the audience is supposed to be like, <gasps> right, right. Riker's the captain. Right. I thought that he would be a pussy and be first officer forever. Right. A right. Little, little bit of subtle writing, but uh, I, I think most people believed it too easily that Riker could be the captain. Not as uh, clever as we thought. No, no, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh... But you know, but, uh, Crusher's got the old wait, haircut, and Riker's he's got, got the, a, he's, he's got like a new little pin thing. Yeah, he's got a new pin. That's the only development in the uniform they could come up with in sixteen years. Um, the new 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 new. He's got uh, a little bit of graying. He's a gray silver fox. Yeah, which uh, which Freaks uh, Freaks did himself actually every day. He's very proud of that. Yeah, put he, his, uh, his own dollop of dye in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we see it was actually uh, Krylon paint. He, oh. he would carry it, carry the bucket in every morning. That's why I know about Krylon paint. Yeah, I forgot about this. His sales you pitch. You Krylon it on. Yeah, his sales pitch for Krylon was as um, persistent as it was legendary. Oh, what did he say? What was it? what was his pitch? Well, I mean, he it was he always had a. Um, a test animal with him to to demonstrate you know on days mm -hmm. when he wasn't wearing it himself um and he'd have like the small homeless dog stray dog i guess they don't call him homeless they call him strays and um <laughs> he'd say oh with with krylon there's no crying and he'd put it on the dog and the dog you know dogs aren't capable of crying but i think that if it was capable it actually would have given the way that it tends to agitate the skin 
underneath. Yeah, sure. And um, he would take the dog up by its haunches and kind of flail it around, showing it to people, and say, "Look, no crying with Krylon again, second time." And uh, <laughs> we would say, "Okay, yeah, okay, John." He's like, "Call me Jonathan," and we, "Okay, Jonathan, I, I get it." And um, then he would ask, you know, "All right, how many how many uh, buckets are you buying?" And I'd say, well, you know, it's Girl Scout, Girl Scout cookie season, and um, <laughs> right. my fake daughter wants me to 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 buy some some Tim Tams, and uh, I can't I can't buy any Krylon paint today. And he'd say, nonsense, and he'd write your name down. And luckily, Frakes never knew my real credit card number, but mm-hmm. it got close. only your fake one. Yeah, which I made just for that moment, so I would have something to. To give to John, Jonathan, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a whole ordeal. But to be honest, I think that at the end of the day, Krylon did produce more crying than otherwise. And I'll have well, to... I, I think I think Frakes, uh, mm-hmm. Frakes eventually gave it up after going through maybe like six or seven dogs. Well, there were just no more strays in the LA area. Yeah, at the time. It's not a renewable resource. Straight up. Now, now he could just go down the street and pick out any homeless person. That's true. They would do it for a, um, you know, a subway sandwich or a hit of fentanyl. Oh, I probably the latter. Right. Well, I don't you know what a ladder has to do with anything, but <laughs> maybe he put the fentanyl high up on the shelf. You ever offer food to a homeless person? And they get offended. No, I've never engaged with a homeless person. Oh, lucky you. Tell me your story. Well, no, it's it's not uh, it's not uh, so much a story really, but um, every now and then it is pretty rare to be fair. But every now and then, a homeless person will like ask for money, and if if you offer them food instead, there's there's a chance they'll be like annoyed by it. Well, I mean, I understand that because it's the assumption is, oh, I look like I'm gonna buy drugs or alcohol, and. If I, but that's that, what they're gonna do. Right, right, <laughs> that's right. Why they're mad. <laughs> but that's not the point. It's what actually happens is immaterial, but the point is, oh, you, I look like, you think I look like someone that's going to buy drugs and alcohol. Uh-huh. And that's worth getting offended about. No, what, it's not. What do you want them to say? Oh, you caught me. I was going to buy drugs or alcohol. You're yes. too, too smart. Yes, that's what I want them to say. Drugs and or alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. Cassian and or alcohol. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So a rather long cold open in this episode. You gotta go through all this, and only when they say, oh, it's 16 years, Captain Riker, it's, you've been asleep for some time. Um, yeah, which which makes me think, like, oh, why would they keep him in sick bay for 16 years? But they, uh, they, they, they immediately cleared that up. Right. And uh, obviously, any of these details are ultimately explained away by the, the roofs under which Captain Riker finds himself. So it's not even worth talking yeah, sure. about. <laughs> they should they should have just like not even explained anything. They should have just had Riker wake up at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's like oh this is. They should have had me wake up at the end of the episode. <laughs> I did. I did wake you up at the end of the episode. I said, "Honey, <laughs> honey, the credits." I'm not you looking threw at something you. around the corner. Yeah, I have uh, I have my paper bag over my head while I fumble around, not looking at anything. <laughs> Your plastic bag over your head. <laughs> yeah, you would, the one that you used to choke me out right before I 
climax. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 one you uh you jack off with. Right. And uh, sometimes they even jack off into it. Sometimes, yeah, and kind of produce this pungent smell. Right, which it really heightens the uh the asphyxiation play. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was something else. Uh, yeah. So, um, Crusher, Crusher, and Riker. Crusher sort of fills them in, sort of. Um, and then she's like, "Why don't you walk around the ship? And yeah, try to get your memory back." I, I promise it'll be interesting to the viewer to see the ship sixty yeah, years later. To see, to see <laughs> right, <laughs> the ship that looks exactly the same. Um, Except for the casual racism, a Klingon walks by, and Riker's like, "Oh, I, a lot has changed." <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is in the scene where uh uh fascinatingly we, we we get a line um that was the the subject of much concern from the writers uh really up until the end yes of production of this episode um where uh what is it crusher crusher tells Riker you know uh, uh familiar imagery basically can can jog memories right uh, it's it's and, more and or Riker, less implied. Riker responds like a song that reminds you of a good friend, right? And uh, the the writers were really worried the average viewer just wouldn't understand the simile here. Mm. And um, they wrote a fairly extended scene uh, where Riker continues uh, along this line. He goes, you know, like, or a painting that reminds you of your hometown. Or a book that reminds you of your childhood. Or a face that reminds you of your rapist. Right? And so on. You, you just can't kept going mm. um this did have to be cut to make room for the trombone scenes though which were pivotal they were yeah yeah they, they were much more important uh especially with uh with jean-luc it was very the person or the person <laughs> <laughs> we really needed frakes to show off his um mediocre musicianship yeah he was he was really happy he got he got to do that womp 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 <laughs> you see, you're putting but too yeah. much force on the mouthpiece, which is um, something Frakes hears a lot. <laughs> he would know about putting force on the mouthpiece. That's right. Now, my mouthpiece has always been the um, the readier room. That's why we have it. Yeah. All for you. Just to get my, my mouth out there. And you certainly put force on it. Hell yeah. I was... Uh surprised we had a single uh klingon lady that walked by for three seconds and bothered to do the makeup for that well we needed to establish riker's racism Rikesism. yes now this was all just a prototype of female klingons that would eventually become uh lieutenant torres on voyager okay yeah the Voyager Who connection looks is strong. Only vaguely like a Klingon. Well, she's half. Yeah, but so is that other chick that Worf has a kid with, and she looks like a Klingon. That's true. Perhaps it's inconsistent and terrible. Voyager. <laughs> I, I, Basically, everyone on Voyager looks like a human, no matter what race they are. What about Tuvok? He's black. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like uh he looks like Don Cheadle. Now, you can't say that. He kinda does though. Just because 
I'm not gonna say it, but that doesn't mean that they look the same. No, well, wait, no, go ahead, say it, tell me. No, I'm your problems and your prejudices are yours to work through. I'm okay. not gonna do that emotional labor for you. I'm just saying they they both look like they have HIV. That's all. There was a funny clip from that retrospective series you linked me that showed Tuvox actors appearance in Spaceballs. He was in Spaceballs? A very, very minor role. Um, at one point, the uh, the equivalent of the Stormtroopers are combing the desert with like oh, a, a giant yeah. comb. And uh, yeah. Tuvok's one of those guys. He but he doesn't have any speaking lines, right? He has one. He like, they, I forget what he says, but they ask for, you know, give it a report. How's it going? And he's the one that shouts back some mildly comedic line. Oh, oh, he's he's the one who's like, we found shit. Yes, I'm I'm impressed uh, that you know that movie so much so well. I I could quote that fucking movie to you the <laughs> I, entire way through. I think I've seen. I it watched once. it so much. Oh man, I watched it. So, I I have it on Blu-ray even. Oh, a big space baller. I um I I used to be like upset there wasn't a Spaceballs two. The search for and more then, money. The, they made a a trash cartoon. Um, not that long ago, probably about a decade ago. I think I've I've gone over my favorite thing Mel Brooks has ever been involved in. The Holocaust? No, no, he's only tangentially related to that. But this is related to what I'm talking about. Um, the interview he did with uh, Martin Short, Jiminy Glick. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> but no so the, the interview with martin short so martin short plays this jiminy glick character he's like a big fat obnoxious guy that interviews celebrities and it's okay. he always well he doesn't always interview comedians but he usually does and it's like a improv bit on either side mm. and he's sitting down with um mel brooks and he the whole shtick of this character is that he the questions he asks are ostensibly self-important and and he envisions them as being thought-provoking even though they're just mm -hmm. really vapid so he asks mel brooks so what's your big beef with the nazis which <laughs> it just catches mel brooks completely off guard very very funny moment uh, uh and uh it's my favorite thing mel brooks has ever done that little bit of improv with martin short oh that's cute i'll have to check that out you should it's it's very very funny He's dead, right? He's not. Is he dead? Um, well, he is soulless. <laughs> By virtue of you know, yeah, being a uh, Hollywood executive. I feel like I feel like I've thought he's been dead for like the past fifteen years, but he's. Perhaps. I was gonna look up Mel. I was I was about to look up Mel Brooks, and I typed Jewish instead. <laughs> Perhaps you think he's dead because he's looked like a reanimated corpse for. <laughs> he is still years. alive. Jesus. He is ninety six years old. It'll be um just another day for comedy when he dies. Uh. He was on Curb. Oh, was he? Yeah. He's problematic. You know who is not on Curb? Who? Norm. <clears throat> He's not on Curb? No, he expressed interest in it but was never invited on. That's shitty. Now, the theory is that it's because he was not one of the chosen people. 
That is to say that the people chosen to be on Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) That's what they mean when they say that. Yes. (laughs) Which is a pretty um, astute theory, I believe. I didn't didn't know the cast of Curb controlled our entire political system. Oh, they control a lot more than that. (laughs) All right, where are we at? Where are we at? Um... The future. Riker decides to go to the bridge because Cr- Crusher's tries tries to take him to his his room, and he's like, "No, I, well, I my life is on the bridge." And then he goes to the bridge, and uh, who does he see there? But Jordy, right? But not the Jordy we know, um, right? He's just Lavar Burton. He's got no visor. He's got his normal eyes. Yeah. And, and there's a throwaway comment of, "I got cloned eyes, clone transplants." Yeah, and and at this point, um, he's basically a different character because his character is the visor. Right. Now, I do like the peek into the dystopian future in which Riker finds himself where uh, people are cloned just to have their organs harvested. <laughs> which is one of the more thought-provoking lines in the episode. But <laughs> this this actually led to quite the dramatic moment behind the scenes where um, LeVar was quite excited to not be shackled to that visor anymore but Mm -hmm. we brought it back the next week of course because the time skip was only temporary and when he saw it lavar just started screaming out like ah no i won't go back no and it was a traumatic moment both for him having to put that back on and for all of us having to watch um you know rick just physically restrain lavar as brent slid the visor onto his face yeah, um, and you know, did the stapling to get it to to stick, but it was uh, uh, it's like something out of Clockwork Orange. Exactly, exactly. It was it had an effect on all of us. We had to wrap <laughs> we had to wrap early that day, um, which you know, the end of the day rap battles always calmed our spirits and healed us. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, certainly, Lamar especially. He was very good at it. He was uh, by virtue of you know wearing the visor. Which yeah. had lyrics printed on the inside of it. Right, right, right. You could pull up any song. Right. Um, especially, uh, you know, it had a text generator for the freestyling as well. <laughs> it was always uh, Marina that did the beatboxing for the uh, end of day rap battles. Uh huh. But she wasn't very good at it, so it was just the same beat all the time. Which was just, you know, quarter notes. Over and over again. And, uh, you know, she liked to be included. We did. Yeah, you know, so, sometimes sometimes you gotta let the women get away with stuff. Well, yeah. But that wouldn't fly these days. Yeah, given that she's white. For the sake of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what they call it. Yeah, the, 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 the day. The day. The day that never comes. Much like the real Captain Kirk. Yes. Yes, indeed. So we also see some of the other bridge members. Uh, Data's wearing a red uniform now. Big big change in his character. Mm-hmm. Um, Worf has a scar that you'll never notice running down his face. A big change to his character. And um, no one else is there. No one yeah, notable. But uh, the uh, there's a Romulan warbird. That decloaks. Uh, on approach. 
And Riker uh, makes the biggest ass out of himself. The biggest. Stupid. Stupid ass when he says, red alert. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the Romulans are friends. Yeah, and not only that, but Picard is the captain. He's, no, he's an admiral, yeah, but he's on one of the Romulan ships. Right, alongside a, another old woman hairstyled uh, Deanna Troy. Right. Uh, Picard has a beard and somewhat longer hair. Right. Which is a big change in his character. Yeah. He looks kind of slimy, you know what I mean? He does. He looks like he's buckled some swashes. Yeah. Now and again. He looks untrustworthy. Do you trust him? Am I setting you up here? I'm sorry? Am I... Are are you are you making me set you up for something like like yes no? We're just having a conversation. Oh setting, well, no, then I don't. Setting up things seems like something you would do when you're telling jokes, but we don't do that here. We don't. Yeah, no, we don't. No, we don't. I'm sorry, I forgot. That's our other podcast. Right, right. The jokey boys. <laughs> the jokey boys. Yeah. Um, I uh, don't trust him either, but I guess that's all part of the uh, the ploy here. To, mm. to create intrigue. Um, the uh, so he he beams on board and uh, they they have a meeting in the meeting room uh, where good place Picard <laughs> Picard uh, expresses um, you know his his shock at hearing that uh, Riker's memories over sixteen years have been wiped and uh, he actually says uh, it's almost beyond belief. Right, and then he then he continues. Is it fact or is it fiction? Then Riker says, "We uh, we made it up. <laughs> I remember everything." <laughs> and I guess Riker's the uh, the only one who can who can uh, facilitate these uh, these these meetings. The the, the signing of the human and romulan treaty yeah the lore is that he was the one that opened relations with them in the first place by rescuing a, a damaged ship of theirs yeah so he's like the hero um i don't to me i don't really buy that he needs to be there but again whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter it isn't real right <laughs> that's <laughs> any any criticism we have here is really just met with it's not real. Right. So, not looking good for the saucer steps, but I, we'll continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomahawk. Tomahawk? Tom Tomahawk comes on board. And, of course, uh, the, the most untrustworthy Romulan. Right, right, right. But apparently he's an ambassador. Right. Ambassador Tomahawk. Which seems like a contradiction in terms. <laughs> Um, and Riker is, is immediately, uh, just a complete asshole to him. Right. Based on his own preconceived notions and prejudices. Despite knowing that he is missing 16 years of his life. No. Uh, he's mad at Tomahawk for something that happened like 20 years ago. I think I've talked about this before. Given the track record of what the Enterprise gets itself involved in, immediately jumping to, like, oh, I've been maliciously transported through time and deceived 
is, is <laughs> it's pretty logical. And <laughs> I um I think Star Trek needs to do this more, where um somebody's missing their their car keys, and the first assumption is temporal ano- anomaly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Or or um duplicitous evil clone. But yeah, we have talked about this where it's like it seems like every other day something crazy happens. Right. And I would like how do these people not have like some kind of like trauma? Like like some kind of learned helplessness. Right. Where they wake up every day and they're like, I wonder if uh, I I'm I'm gonna be sent back to the Stone Age or something today. Right. Is is Q gonna turn everyone I love into dinosaurs? <laughs> is Nagilum gonna trap us in his temporal rift again? <laughs> is Troy gonna become a cake? <laughs> well, she's getting older every day. <laughs> is Kramer gonna become a turkey? <laughs> So I guess from, in, in, in my head, I, I, I mash those two scenes together. <laughs> they do play out very similarly. Yeah. But, you know, from that perspective, Riker does act pretty logically. Sure, sure. Yeah, I suppose so. But it, we, we've, we've been giving nothing, given nothing to indicate that he has any doubt about where he is yet. Right. He needs to say something like, uh, this, this isn't real. I've been... Yeah. All right, Tomalock, show me the holodeck, which uh, is ultimately exactly. what it is. But no, it exactly. just, just comes off as um, undue prejudice. Yeah, it's petty. Petty is a good way. And he is a petty officer. <laughs> is he? A petty officer and a gentleman. So they, they, they take Tomahawk to the bridge, um, where he he acts suspicious, I guess. He only and, acts uh, suspicious by virtue of, you know, speaking the way he does, which is... His acting, yes. Know, it's like, oh, uh, yes, which Admiral Riker, his, I'm very excited to sign this treaty with the His Federation. actor famously, uh, famously did not like um, having to uh, play across from other actors in the same room, uh, this character. I don't know why, but he always just wanted to be on the view screen. Well, you get to sit down on the view screen. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's because he was he was bigger that way. It's the old it's the old Marlon Brando school of acting. <laughs> don't take any but, role where you can't sit in a chair the whole time. I don't know about you, but I don't see any notable difference between his his performance here and his performance on the view screen. Maybe the the pants of the Romulan uniform are very uncomfortable. Could be. Could be. Just ride up into your crack, right? Not unlike, uh, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Riker, um, Riker brings Picard and Troy into his ready room. Uh, it's a nice reversal from. And he sits them down, and he's like, you know, you really, you really trust, you really trust the Romulans. Especially Tomahawk, right? Yeah. And uh, we have we have one of his most quoted lines here. You've always said it's a chess game with the Romulans. Move, 
counter move, guile and deceit. And uh, this is this is really interesting because this is the episode that canonized the fan favorite arch nemesis of Klingon guile, that being Klingon deceit. Um, There's been a lot of who's, supplementary material about these two. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was in uh, a few novels by this point. Um, also rumored to actually be Guile's brother as well, although it hasn't been confirmed. It's a popular um, fan theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, especially nowadays. Um, but the reason we introduced him now is because we learned that cutting the preceding Klingon from the names hmm. uh, would make it so that we wouldn't have to pay royalties to the authors. So instead of calling them Klingon Guile, he's just Guile, right? Yeah. Um, you learn a lot of tricks about um, managing a franchise in the most profitable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, really, no one, no one who, who puts in their blood, sweat, and tears um, and, and isn't a rich producer deserves to see any money from these things. This is why... Technically, James T. Kirk and James Tiberius Kirk are different characters. Right, right. Um, on that note, uh, 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 Deceit Deceit is a different character uh, in the canon, technically. Um, specifically because in the canon version, uh, he's not considered to have killed all those children on Chagua 4. It was a little too bloody for the uh, family-friendly... Um, lego star trek that we had planned right right <laughs> which uh, unfortunately did not plan out uh we were ahead of our time though because they got the star wars license not too not too far after that right my favorite part of um what was to be lego star trek was um the way that the the wharf minifig looked where mm -hmm. they had to kind of give it a second head on top of it to get the ridges in right so you know how like right. the, the lego heads are those small cylindrical things the wharf was two of those stacked up on each other mm. yeah he had a big head yeah and not just because how about the uh... <laughs> how about the transporter effects where they they would just they would all the little minifigs would just break into separate pieces and then reform on the other end that's that was a really nice effect but it also you know, made one question the philosophical nature of uh, transporting. You know, the whole that Greek ship thing, right? Well, I mean, all all Lego properties do that. That's true. You know, yeah. you're playing with your Lego pirate set, and you start thinking. It's it's kind of like if I smash my um, brother's Lego pirate set, and then he tearfully puts it back together um, while I laugh. Did I really break anything? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you could also ask, is it the same pirate ship it once was? Right. Um, whereas it wasn't really a pirate ship, it was just Lego. Right. Now, did you know that the plural of Lego is Lego? Mm, Lego bricks. Mm. Ooh, many colors, up to and including brown. <laughs> I think they stopped doing that. They stopped being autistic about that. Good for them, but I, I, what are they, Dutch? Yeah. The Dutch know nothing but autism. Wait, are they Dutch? There's some, you know, white country. Danish? Hmm. Like the, the breakfast food. Yes. Yes, they, 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 they're all Danishes. <laughs> uh, they, they fear being eaten. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Instead of... Yeah, um, yeah, inst- yeah. Instead dude. of an American uh, werewolf in London, it's just a, an American in Denmark eating all the Danishes. <laughs> um, they they are Danish. Okay. Now, um, have you ever eaten a bear's claw? Uh, yeah, have you ever eaten a lobster tail? Um, no, but I've done the lobster tail. That's disgusting, dude. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to say exactly what that is, but it's coded enough. So, Tomahawk, yeah? Hold on, I'm on the Lego website. Put everything on hold. Pick a brick. Let's see. Pick you a can just brick, buy. Suck a dick. You, <laughs> <laughs> you can just buy uh, individual Lego bricks. Yeah. Yeah, I am familiar with this. That's nuts. Like from the website. Not even a reseller. Unreal. And you can buy like uh, fucking bionicle things too. Good for them. O- only the ones that they still make, I guess, though. Look, we don't have That's enough exciting. time in the world to adequately cover your love of Bionicle. <laughs> alright, alright. We'll, we'll get back to the, the topic at the hand. The exciting topic at hand. Um, Riker's son, we haven't really talked about him. Yeah, Riker goes to his room with Troy. And she ambushes him with a child, but not in the way you right. would think. Right, right, right. Um... And you immediately think, oh, this is uh, Riker and Troy's child. Right. Riker seems kind of excited for that. He's like, so, he's swiping his hands together. So who's the mother? Right, right, right. And um, Troy's like, oh, it's it's Min. And (laughs) everyone in the audience up to, including Riker, is like, what? Who? And uh, it's it, her existence is is hilarious in this episode because it spawned the memory alpha page uh, minuet Riker. Right. <laughs> it, it also implied the existence of Max. <laughs> Max Seifert. <laughs> An- another another arch nemesis uh, created for this episode. Yes, a lot of those going around. Um. So. We could. What do you want to talk about? The sun, or you want to talk about Min? Where do you want to go? Uh, let's talk about the sun. Uh, he's he's the main character of this episode. Yeah, somehow a little Jean Luc, and uh, quite possibly the most eye rolling name they could have chosen. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, also led to a terrible joke later on. Um, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. The audience might recall the whole uncle nephew debacle from the the episode family earlier in the season. We ran that one back with Pat mm-hmm. with um, Picard referring to Jean Luc as his namesake, which once again flips the script. And uh, I don't know if this was just you know Patrick wanting to cast dispersions on the child actor that played Jean Luc Riker in this episode, but. Um, this was this was not the fault of the child actor. Unlike last time, this uh, this actor is not challenged with any of his mental faculties. He's not incapable of anything. But um, in some respects, 
if it was just Patrick out to get the kid, that could have been just very next level method acting, given how Picard does not like children in some yeah, that's true. in some episodes and seems to get along fine with them in others. But uh, who knows? Either way, it was not very funny nor charming. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, much like the child himself. Yeah. So, uh, good thing we get to see him all over the episode. <laughs> yeah, um, we we are we are treated to bizarre home videos of the Riker, yeah, and like tickle fighting John Luke in <laughs> in every possible room. <laughs> Once while Jean Luke is wearing a terrifying clown mask. <laughs> uh, it's just like oh okay this this is how parents and children spend their time uh in the future this is the work of um complete loners how do happy families spend their time <laughs> and not in not inside a uh, a plastic serving dish <laughs> this 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 12 year old uh uh almost teenager comes out Sits on his dad dad's lap and lets him tickle him. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you just want daddy's cummies, and that's okay. <laughs> sometimes. Oh my god! Yeah, and then, you know, uh, before that, you have the trombone scene. Yeah, the kid's also playing trombone because presumably at some point in the past, Riker ran up to him and screamed, "Be me." <laughs> You will play the trombone. You will chance per easy squares. And uh, and and you will uh, start with the very first Super Mario Brothers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying you that new Switch 5 until you beat Super Mario Brothers 1, goddammit. I like the idea of um, so many parents enforce this strict cultural digestion on their kids that um, the very first Mario Brothers and Star Wars Episode uh, 4, I guess, um, continue way longer than they should because one parent forced it on his kid who forced it on his kid who forced it on his kid. Yeah, sure. And uh, that's that's amusing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's like... Uh, it's not even that bad if the kid engages with it. But, I mean... You and I and everyone knows that there's definitely that like neckbeard guy who's like, no, you'll play the game. Play the game. I was, uh, I was always into pretty old shit. Well, we are still together. <laughs> um, all right, where do we go from here? The... The fastest route possible. I All right, nothing, nothing that happens between now and Riker figuring out that Min is Minuet. All right, none of that matters. Let's just say Bin is Minuet, a hologram from two, three seasons ago. Oh, you know what? We mixed, we mixed up the the chronology because Riker goes to his kid first, and then talks to Picard and Troy in his ready room, and. That's why he gets called to um, 
medical because uh the the program is trying to to to, to distract him because he's asking too many complicated questions okay right yeah so that's when his son breaks his arm he goes uh talks to crusher and he's like i want to be a good dad and so he um goes back to his son sitting on the the bio bed which is a, is a disgusting name for anything <laughs> and um he starts tickling him again that's all he knows how to do how to be he a good tickles father. him until jean-luc pisses himself which uh was the goal yeah, yeah, and then he then he buries his face in that piss stain. <laughs> and you ever you ever suck liquid out of cloth? <laughs> yeah, the fact that you asked that question makes me think you've done this. <laughs> well, I mean, so imagine, you know, you're chancing around the world, um, getting into situations as one does, and you spill a soda pop into a towel a clean towel and you're like well i'm not gonna not enjoy this soda pop oh stop i can't <laughs> uh, there, there's something just so visceral so real about imagining sucking soda out of a fucking towel <laughs> and uh you know who's to say that a parent wouldn't do that with his child's urine I mean, in the future, that's that's just a, a normal a normal uh, uh, parent-child relationship. All right, I'm imagining a fetishist asking his replicator to synthesize just increasingly uh, disturbing things. Like, computer, <laughs> uh, synthesize me a a white towel stained with the urine of a of a child and uh, of this consistency, whatever. <laughs> They, they, they do like a taste testing of child's piss uh, going by uh, how old they are. Right. I mean, the replicator can really be used for increasingly nefarious purposes. The, the question is, has someone programmed that in? Well, they can do that themselves. Whenever someone comes aboard the Enterprise, like, oh, we programmed in your favorite snacks. And uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, my society is based around pedophilia. I'm like, oh, we know. <laughs> we, we have the, um, the, the urine of all different ages of children on your world. Now, that's a Star Trek episode that did not... It never happened, right? There's no pedophilia episode. So the, the Enterprise confronted with the absolute limits of its tolerance and prime directive. Yes, yeah, exactly. Where it's like... And, and you know what? It has to be like a, like a colony of humans that's been like separated from society for so long. Right. So and they, like, they all take like child brides. Alright, so who takes what side in this? Obviously Crusher's against it. Um, no, no, why would Crusher... Oh yeah, I guess Crusher's against it. Yeah. Um, Picard would be the, the voice of reason. Uh, coming through on the side of the pedophiles. Data will be like, I do not understand why it matters. <laughs> Is she not fertile, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> We, we let the children choose how they spend their recreation. Is that, too, not a type of consent? <laughs> uh, okay, who likes it, though, is the question. Worf. Yeah, 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 he does that look. 
that look where he's like supposed to be like uh, like turned on, right. but it's just like this goofy wide-eyed stare. <laughs> Bussy, a warrior's drink. <laughs> Bussy juice. Guinan talks to his parents. How come you never, you never gave off any goddamn bussy juice? Is that what Wolfie Goldberg sounds like now? She sounds like now. Sounds like now. Sounds like now. <laughs> okay, so... No, we're not done with this episode. We're not done with the pedophilia. What does Jordy think? Um, Jordy is a hard one to peg on the issue. And in general. <laughs> Slippery little guy. <laughs> I think that Jordy would also be against it. And I think Riker, right, right. Riker would He'd be like, goddamn white people. Would begrudgingly support it. Yeah, sure. So the only person that is like really for it is, is Picard, because he's so dedicated to Starfleet. Uh-huh. And it's up to him to convince everyone on the Enterprise that taking a child bride is is okay. What about Ensign Rowe? Uh, Ensign Rowe would be for it because she had a history of, you know, doing anything it took to survive on Bajor and mm-hmm. up to and including child prostitution. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. With the Cardassians. <laughs> the Cardassians. <laughs> So yeah, when I was on Bajor, I was 10 years old, and I had to prostitute myself to this Cardassian general, and I slit his throat. And uh, children are a lot more hardened than you give them credit for. I had to prostitute myself on this reality show. <laughs> I had to keep up with these other Cardassians. <laughs> hey, you won't believe this. A man became a woman. So, Wesley Crusher, in this episode, um, one of the people on the colony, man or woman, becomes smitten with him, and uh, Wes- <laughs> Wesley Crusher reciprocates, and he has to fight for his um, right to consent. He, no, he's too old at that point, that's the problem. Alright, put it in, like, season one, whatever. It's our, our episode. <laughs> we'll write it however we want to. And um, that's uh, what... it, it would almost be just as funny if, if Wesley fell in love with like an eight year old. <laughs> that would be good. We, depending on where, when you want to set the episode in the show's chronology. But basically his support of it clashes with his mother's vehement um, yeah, yeah. hatred of what they do. And sure. uh, obviously the, the moral of the story is that pedophilia is just okay. So um, when... Uh, through the portal of Wesley's interests, he wins over Beverly Crusher, and uh, that's that sways the tide aboard the ship. Okay, what's the climax? What like what really forces them to? What forces their hand? Um, a Romeo Juliet scenario where uh, Wesley runs off with a an older individual, and uh, and then they kill themselves. <laughs> Yes. So, a 10 out of 10 episode, really. Yeah, yeah, we got it. How does Q get uh, involved? <laughs> That's a whole different episode at that point. 
Q viewing Janeway as his child bride. Q made the children. <laughs> Q made. Q made. Do you think the rest of this episode is worth talking about? Uh, probably. Let's see. Um... All right. Yeah, Riker. Riker realizes it's 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 all fake. He goes to the the bridge scene was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. Um, Riker just yelling at everybody. Yeah. It's like, Shut up. Yeah, you used a contraction, you sick son of a bitch. Yeah, th again. You'd th you'd think you'd think we would have given up on this by the fucking fiftieth time we've used it and contradicted ourselves. Well, he needed something to to corner each member of the the crew individually. The thing is, he'd already cornered him. It's true. He did get so. data twice. But it is kind of cathartic, I guess, because you you never see Riker or any member of the crew show animosity for one another. Yeah, not to this level. So in that sense, I think uh, it's an amusing scene. Except for that time Jordy and Wesley got into a fight. <laughs> He's like, Wesley, you're a little incel. And Wesley's like, yeah, well, well I'm not going to repeat what Wesley said. <laughs> 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 really brave uh, dialogue in that episode. Oh yes, but uh, anyway, it's now that Riker he demands an end to the little charade, and Tomalak reveals himself as the architect of a ploy to learn the location of Starbase thirteen. Yep, yep, and uh, none of this matters because it's it's also fake, a hologram. Yep, um, and nothing really exciting or notable happens here it's just uh Riker talking to tomahawk tomahawk and his goons bring him into a prison cell where he meets jean-luc again who now calls himself ethan right um which is a normal human name unlike jean-luc right <laughs> it's human instead of french um they escape through the hall uh well, first, first they beat up Tomahawk and his friend somehow. <laughs> Lesser um, Tomahawk. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan launches himself at a grown man and kicks kick, kicks his ass basically. Um, Riker grabs a gun and just starts killing everyone, and they run down the hall, pass through like a, a ventilation thing, a duct. Um, duct. Yeah, there you go. Um. And the thing that tips Riker off this time is that Ethan has constructed an impromptu story of them not the the Romulans not being able to trace them in that room because there's some kind of uh, mineral in the rocks that, that that interferes with their device. Right, a lot of it confederates. Uh, yeah, a lot of confederates. And then. Well, what tips him off is that he refers to Tomahawk as Ambassador Tomahawk. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Riker uh, lists all these other suspicious things. Right, right, yeah. One of them, one of them being that like uh, the Romulans have suddenly found them. Right. Uh, in that room that they were not supposed to have. Um, so at this point, he realizes, oh, this is all like a game that this kid's been playing. Calls his bluff. 
gives his gun to Tomahawk, and then they all disappear, and it's just him and the kid in a cave. Right, and if this and he, yeah. if this sounds uninteresting, it's because it is. It is. Um, and he was like, I just wanted a friend. Because yeah. uh, oh, his entire race has been killed, and he's been on this planet with, uh, for some reason, this uh, is hyper-advanced hologram device. Um, that he says gives him everything he wants, but he, he there's no way he can eat digital food. It, I also don't buy that it could not construct a friend. Like, right. What is if it's just going by his mental um, images? What what possibly could it not provide that a real person could? Like, is his imagination just really limited that he doesn't know what another person acts like? Yeah, there's that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe his um, his life experience was so little that uh, he's he's been doing this for so long that he's kind of run through all all the possible variations of stories that he could come up with. It's possible. So he's like, uh, you know, I I'd like someone to come down here and give me something new to work with. I can kind of understand that. I guess. Um. But uh, this is where it gets really stupid. By the the costume or the plot? Well, in a few ways. Um, the Enterprise finds Riker. Apparently only an hour has passed. Uh, so pretty much the length of an episode. This was uh, oh. the inspiration for the show 24. How it all took place in real time. Mm-hmm. Right. And... At this point, yes, uh, Ethan turns into his uh, original alien form, which is probably the worst costume we've ever seen. It looks like an alien costume you could buy at the the Halloween store. Yeah, yeah, um, and this was intentional. It was it was kind of intended to be provocative. Um, try to get fans to ask themselves, like you know. Like, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, what am I watching? You know, maybe it's time to go outside. That kind of thing. Yeah. Get, get away from this Trek stuff. A, a self-aware um, moment. Right, right. Uh, unfortunately, it did the exact opposite. Uh, we went to that year's uh, Still Trekking Con mm. a few months later, um, and uh, there were at least a dozen Barash cosplays. Each worse than the last. Yeah. Somehow worse than ours. Um, and then, then we get the stupidest line, I think ever, where, so Riker says, uh, you know, uh, come, come with us. You don't have to be alone anymore. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Save the alien from, uh, complete isolation. And then he puts his hand on his shoulder or something and he's like, you'll always be Jean-Luc to me. <laughs> um, and then the alien disappears forever. Uh, and uh, canonically... Like, should never be another episode. Remember that they've only had less than an hour together. Right. So. so needlessly sentimental. And not Very good. stupid. Not good. Not earned. Very, very dumb. I would say... I don't know if I want to say two saucer steps or two and a half, but I think I'm going to go with two. I would say two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could buy giving it that rating on another day, but 
that's not as today. high as I'll go, and definitely not today. Yeah, jeez, what a boring episode. And I, I, I said before that a lot of it kind of hinges on its twists, but the first viewing I don't think is all that great either. It's better, but I don't think it's... If Maybe I would give the first viewing a three. I think I think the twists themselves, like in concept, are interesting. But when it's like, when the final twist is just that this child is doing this with some machine that he's been left with, yeah, for some ambiguous reason, it's a very unsatisfying conclusion to all this. Imagine you reverse the twists, and it really is a Romulan ploy, but caked into that is um, the first twist to get Riker's guard down. That, would be I, that actually might be better. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, yes. You know what? That would be better. And I, I think even if they just got rid of the second twist and just kept it like, oh, it's the Romulans. Right. That would have been fine too. Have the the stuff in the quote unquote future be longer and then have yeah. only one twist. Yeah. That would have been fine. It seems like getting a little too clever, the second yeah. twist. And definitely not clever enough. No. They'll have to go into the cleverier room for that. <laughs> you got any trivia for me? Um, I'm sure I do. Hold on, let's see. Uh, jeez, did I? Is this your long-winded way of saying no? No, I thought I did. I'm trying to remember here. Um. Oh, yeah, okay. This episode marks the first appearance of which character? Uh, who would go on to appear in, in several future episodes and uh, even other series. Oh, um, Keiko O'Brien. Nope. What? It was, oh, was that the other Asian doctor there? Yep. Damn. Okay, let me let me get another swing at this. Um, Tomahawk has been in prior episodes. It's not him. Um, who was even in this episode? I mean, is it just the other doctor? Did I just get the name wrong? But it is that character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Alyssa Ogawa. I I am somewhat surprised that you got this, but not that not that surprised, I guess. Well, to, I, it's something to, I only ask because it's something I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't like have even registered her being there, and well, I didn't. Well, I did. I mean, obviously, I registered her as the as the wrong character, but um, I did notice, like, oh, that's that's a nurse doctor that shows up in other scenes, um, other episodes, but. Uh-huh. If you had, I would never have come up on my with with it on my own that this was the first time she shows up because I she's not notable enough for me to have not yeah not her at all absence until now. Can we uh can we also go through uh, uh Riker's canon children? Okay, so there is um is canon children. I, I'm not like making a canon joke. I'm just bewildered by this. Yeah. So he has other children. Yeah, real children. Right. Is this a uh, Star Trek Picard thing? <laughs> you bet. Oh fuck! I don't care. What? Just tell me. There's, there's Kestra Troy Riker, uh, and yes, their names are hyphenated. 
because because the fans need to know. The fans need to hear the the name Troy as well. Uh, who is uh, she's she's a girl. Is so is it and Ke- then is it Kestra Troy or Troy Riker? Troy Riker. Okay. Didn't and know where the hyphen was. Thaddeus <laughs> Troy Riker, um, who is deceased. I'm actually somewhat surprised that they he didn't name his real children Jean Luc. I know. Maybe 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 he had like PTSD. <laughs> from, um, from Picard season one. The <laughs> the funniest thing about the Memory Alpha article on these two kids is that it lists under their siblings it lists Ian Troy as their maternal half brother. Ian um, Troy. Oh no. Who is Yeah. Yeah, the child that from the child. Yeah. Oh no. I hate <laughs> I hate Star Trek fans. <laughs> well, uh I I'll give myself a half of a point for this week. For the Ogawa. Yeah, 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 sure. Sure. Now, the real question is that Ogawa or Ogawa? Oh, it's probably Ogawa. Do you think it's a big river? Not a small river. <laughs> I'm more Japanese than you. In the Star Trek Destiny trilogy, okay. Troy's attempts to conceive with Captain Riker after the two transfer to the Titan are hampered because carrying Ian caused previously undetected damage to a reproductive system due to the unique radiation he generated. Wait, so what does this have to do with a hamper? Is that where she put the kid? Uh, I guess so. Okay. It doesn't really say. Strange. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Readier Room. Perhaps our greatest episode ever. Join us next week. Oh. But before you join us next week, please uh, check out our sponsors, which are probably still Denny's and the Pet Boys. Um, I believe that if you say the term Readier at these fine establishments, you get 15% off your purchase or order. And now... If you append the word room to that and say, say ready a room, you'll also get a free hash brown at Denny's. Keep track of everything that you need to. Stay hydrated. Stay in the shade in this hot summer. Prevent global warming. Fight the police. And drink until, water. Drink water. Uh, bake a pie. Greet your neighbors. And until we see you next time... As always, please, stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.